In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Forty-seven degrees outside, and uh, headed up to seventy-four. That'll be pleasant. Sunny all day, they say, or at least partly sunny. However, as we wrap up the week tomorrow, there might be some light rain. But homecoming Saturday, sunny. Probably a jacket day, though. They're saying 59 will be the high. All right, Bobcats, put it to them. Saturday. See, I think the game's at 2, right? Two yes. to five, 2 to 5, roughly. Um, let me switch the button here. Oh, that sounds so much better. All right. Um... Sorry, I'm adjusting another thing there. Um, good morning, folks. Welcome. 9.14, almost 9.15 exactly. And uh, today is October 6th, and of course the year 2022. I'm Dave Palmer. Scott's still here. Good morning. Good morning. And um, today is National Noodle Day. That could mean several things. It could be a noodle. It could be thinking. It could be what else? What else do you say when you noodle? Um, that's Those are the ones I think of anyway. If you're noodling no- something, yeah. you're pondering it, you right? Noodle on it or yeah. someone that I've actually heard it used as a reference to someone's brain. Uh, Use your noodle. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, anyway, it's National Noodle Day, but my guess is they're talking about pasta. National Mad Hatter Day. Okay, that was a a children's story, right? I think it was, yeah. I don't remember it very well. I'm not sure if I do either. Uh, Let's see. The Mad Hatter is a fictional character. Obviously, from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Oh, yes. Is typically acting silly, and that is how the creators of this day decided on their theme of silliness for National Mad Hatter Day. Well, we can certainly qualify we, for silliness here. We fit into that some. Sure we do. Sure. We don't have to go to Alice's Wonderland. We can do it right here at 970. So, uh, Mad Hatter Day. Yeah, there was a, there was a villain on... The Batman series, too, that was, the w- one of the villains was the Mad Hatter. I you remember know, that, I, too. I don't remember Batman very well. He I, was, uh... It's just, when, the, when it was first popular, <laughs> it was just not in my repertoire. If but, I remember right, the Mad Hatter had uh, this big top hat, and to mesmerize... Batman and Robin or whoever he crossed paths with, whether it was Commissioner Gordon or Chief O'Hara. <laughs> How do you remember all those I names? did just do. That's remarkable. 
he, the the top of his hat would pop up and two eyes would would send out these electromagnetic waves uh. through there that you know obviously they put on there as animation hmm. to go through and do the spellbinding curse <laughs> well mad hatter day. the mad hatter yes it's national coaches day and uh, that could be any sport in at any level, right? Everything sure from could. Uh, super young kids to um, college professional, not college professional, excuse me, college and professional coaches. Yeah, well, colleges are now becoming professional with that name, image, and likeness a designation that they can make money off of their name, their image, or their likeness. So that uh, has jeopardized the amateur status of college sports. And, yes, it even could happen here at Ohio University. Student-athletes could make money off of their name, name, image, or likeness. You know, speaking Uh, of a coach. Okay, so forgive me. I I know it's been drifting that way, but you're saying it's done now? It's, I mean... um, no, it's not done. It's it's going to be a current recurring thing every year. I mean, I'm, but I mean, now it's it's possible. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, there there are players all over the country, college football players, basketball players that are making money from endorsements because uh, adverti- local advertisers. But not to play, but because of their name, they can correct. Okay. Yeah, they don't get paid to play, but they get they can get paid to endorse products or services now. Okay. Or if they if a business wants to use a a name or a reference or even a picture of a student athlete in one of their advertisements, sponsorships, whatever it may be, then the student can, student athlete can collect royalties off of that now. Are the coaches allowed to do that? Yeah. At college level. Yeah. Yep. They do it. Well, how yep. long has that been in effect? Oh, uh, for student athletes, it just came into effect within the last year or so. Coaches, it's been in effect for a while. Okay. I know uh, Nick Saban from Alabama, uh, he is in a lot of commercials for an insurance company. Well, it's National Coaches Day. Yeah, you know what? Whatever that may mean. That could be a sport or, you know, even a – how about this? We hear about these every now and then, too. A life coach. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so I have a a woman who gives me some counseling, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that a life coach? In some sort, Yes. But if she's, I a, mean, that's kind of a broad term. Mm-hmm. A life if, coach. Yeah, if she's a uh, does counseling by profession. Yes. Obviously, she would be considered a, a, obviously a counselor. Yeah. Or you know whatever whatever her background is or training. Her uh, area of study before she became a counselor, mm-hmm. something like that. But a life coach, uh, basically, from my understanding, they. They talk with you. They meet with you to help guide you to make better life decisions, so to speak. I mean, in all, in all areas, whether it's finances, relationships, yeah. jobs, um, okay, you know, whatever the situation may be. 
Well, let's move on here. All of that came out of the fact that uh, of the of the list today. Today is National Coaches Day. Okay, National Plus Size Appreciation Day. Now there we go. <laughs> I don't know anybody that uh, fits in that category. You don't? Oh, I'm kidding. Oh, course. okay. Well, I was thinking too. Was there myself for a while? Oh well, I I that made me think. I wonder if you would ever get involved with a a plus sized gal as you make reference to at times i've never made reference to that the, the word gal that's what i was referring to when you when you talk about him you you say the word gal so that's what i was referring to I, i'm in shock you are okay let me let me put it Elementary here. Have you ever dated a plus-sized lady? Not really. Okay. Just I mean, it, it depends on what you consider the definition to be. Well, of course, it's a everything's a matter of interpretation. Well, anyway. I have. I'm. I'm. You know, there's no shame in it whatsoever. They're oh, some wonderful people. Wasn't inferring a thing there. I was just saying I haven't. Oh, that I know of. okay. <laughs> but I mean, I depends on what the definition of a plus size is. We yeah. we we're just going to get in deeper trouble here. If we no, no, going. it's just you know, I'm just messing with okay. you too, kind of. So the next <laughs> one is National Orange Wine Day. Oh, there's another one for you. Yeah, I'm. Have you ever had it? Well, wine made out of oranges or wine that's orange colored? Either or. I've had one. Or flavored with Which orange. would be the color. But have I had wine made out of orange fruit? I don't think so. Mm, okay. Yeah, because last night was your uh, Wednesday night wino, wasn't it? Yes. You do have your gathering? Uh, we were strawberry last night. Ah. Strawberry wine. Okay. Okay, national, the last one, National German-American Day. So uh, that's the list for today. This date of October 6th. Um, let's do the historical stuff. Okay. Obviously, today a free-for-all edition. Um... So let's see here. The first one they mention is in uh, on this date in the year t 1917. So uh, this is a little bit different today because normally they go back, you know, way back when they start. But uh, uh, the, the oldest thing we have to mention today is 1917. The Battle of pa pa Pass... Sendali, P-A-S-S-C-H-E-N-D-A-E-L-E. -S -S -E -E. Anyway, they go on to say Canadian troops capture the village of... <laughs> in the third battle of Ypres, Y-P-R-E-S... And uh, after 
250,000. That's a quarter of a million casualties on both sides. Wow. So, are you looking anything up on that? No. Good. (laughs) Because uh, spelling might make this laptop start smoking. Yeah. Except I'm just curious. Let Let me show you the word. Right there. Okay, let me hand it to you. How would you pronounce that? That one? Yeah. Paleoanthropologist? No. You're, that one? You must be on the wrong line. The Battle of... Right there. Oh. Battle of Yabba-Dabba-Doo, I think it is. Passchendaele. You think it's that simple? Okay. I don't think it's hard to tell. Anyway, if we have still a quarter million people killed during that battle up in, uh, I guess, in Canada. Yeah, if we had some Canadian folks of ancestry that might be able to help us out with that pronunciation. And it's not all, we're not talking about in the Dark Ages. This was in 1917. Yeah. Okay, next one, 1939, Adolf Hitler. Announces plans to regulate the Jewish problem. Even the sound of it doesn't look sound good to me. Nope. 1948 earthquake in Ashgabat kills 100,000 people in the Turkmen Soviet Socialist Republic. 1948. Come on, Paul. Um, let me see if I can turn down all that volume junk. Well, it was turned down. Well, anyway. Um, Nineteen forty-eight. So two two uh, events on this day during the year nineteen forty-eight. The second is a paleon paleontopolis. Apologist, paleoanthropologist. Okay. Something like that. Well, you're, you're, I think you did it better than I did. Whose name was Mary Leakey. Finds the first partial fossil skull of Proconsul Africanus, an S ancestor of apes and humans on the Rashinga Island in Kenya. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to ask. A fossil skull of this name, an ancestor of apes and humans. Does that mean (coughs) that there was intercourse? Oh, my. We've really gone over the edge now. And I think I'll let it go. 1949, on this date, U.S. President Harry Truman signs the Mutual Defense Assistance Act for NATO. How about that? A couple years later, in 1951, on this date, Joseph Stalin proclaims Soviet Union has the atomic bomb. 
1956, scientist Albert Sabin announces that his oral polio vaccine is ready for testing. It soon would supplant Jonas Salk's vaccine in many parts of the world. Twenty twenty one WHO Director General Tedros Abhanum <laughs> But uh, there was a reason for that because I can't pronounce this next one. Gebreyesus. Anyway, that fellow recommends world's first malaria vaccine, which was called Muscurix, for children after a pilot program was effective in Africa. That was a tough list today. Let me reach over and grab my phone. Very interesting. And go to settings. Sounds and vibration, and just go silent. Okay. Done. Now, famous birthdays today. Here we go. Elizabeth Shue, S-H-U-E. Um, very pr- nice picture, celebrating her 59th birthday, but I don't know this name at all. She is Elizabeth Judson Shue, an American actress. She is best known for her roles in the films The Karate Kid, Adventures in Babysitting, Cocktail, Back to the Future, Part 2, and Back to the Future, Part 3, three of my very favorite movies, and Soap Dish, The Saint Hollow Man, Piranha 3D, Battle of the Sexes, Death Wish, and Greyhound. Holy cow. She's been in a bunch. Did yes. you did you recognize the name when I first mentioned it? Oh yes. Okay. She has a brother named Andrew Shue, who I believe was in Melrose Place. Okay. Uh, a series back when was that? In the eighties, I guess. Mm. Okay, so our next uh, famous birthday is that of Helen Wills Moody. And. She was born in 1905. She died in 1998. Helen Newington Wills, also known by her married names, Helen Wills Moody and Helen Wills Rourke, was an American tennis player. She won 31 Grand Slam tournament titles during her career, including 19 singles titles. She looks very athletic. That's very impressive. Yeah. Okay, George Westinghouse. I bet we can guess uh, something about him. Uh, Born in 1846, died in 1914. I bet you're right. He was an American entrepreneur and engineer based in Pennsylvania who created the railway air brake and was a pioneer of the electrical uh, industry, receiving his first patent at the age of 19. And, of course, we... Westinghouse appliances still exist? Not exist, but uh, still are they being made? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Light bulbs, he was instrumental in those as well. Okay. Uh, The last one to mention in terms of birthdays is Thor Heyerdahl. H-E-Y-E-R-D-A-H-L. 
He was born in 1914 on this date. He died in 2002. He was a Norwegian adventurer and ethnographer with a background in zoology, botany, and geography. Heyerdahl is notable for his Kontiki expedition in 1947, in which he sailed 8,000 kilometers across the Pacific Ocean in a hand-built raft from South America to the Tuamatu Islands. It's crazy. Yes. In a hand-built raft. That's correct. Why would you do that? Mm, I guess because he could. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't get any funding to get to Gilligan's Island, or maybe he left Gilligan's Island and built his raft and said, I'm leaving you all. Two famous deaths to uh, mention on this date. First one very well known to all of us, of course, that of Betty Davis, the actress. She was born in 1908, but died on this date in 1989. Betty Davis, an American actress with a career spanning more than 50 years and 100 acting credits. Wow. Some of her movies include All About Eve, Now Voyager, and Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, and also Jezebel from 1938. Well, as you said, it was... How many? 50? 100. 100. 50 years. We could go, um, that's right. We could go um, on and on about that list. Yes. Now, Walter Hagen, H-A-G-E-N, was born in 1892. He died in 1969 on this date. I think he may have been a golfer. Let's see here. Walter Charles Hagen was an American professional golfer and major figure in golf in the first half of the 20th century. His tally of 11 professional major wins is third behind Jack Nicklaus, the Golden Bear, and Tiger Woods. Well, fair enough. You knew Jack, didn't you, or the family? Yes. My parents and his parents, so of course, then I knew him too. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to the news a bit. Um, so, Russians pres- Russia's president is Vladimir Putin. Yes. He signed legislation yesterday formally annexing four regions in eastern and southern Ukraine. And he has um, what some are saying is going to be a rather major speech in, um, given tomorrow publicly in the Moscow's uh, Red Square. And I assume it's on this topic, uh, as does the story. In principle, the move folds roughly 15% of the Ukraine into Russia. Though Western leaders have called the order illegitimate, and none of the regions are fully under Russian control. 
Well, the signing comes as the Ukraine uh, continues to reclaim land in the Hansik and Kyrgyzstan regions. Two of the four areas included in this order that we're going to hear about tomorrow. Uh, caller, stand by. I'll finish this uh, story and then come to you, please. As of this writing, Ukrainian forces were less than 25 miles from the city of Kyrgyzstan, advancing toward the western bank of the particular river, it's spelled D-N-I-E-P-E-R, Dnieper. Do you forget the D and just say Dnieper? I think so. Which has been occupied by Russia since March. Separately, Putin directed Russian forces to take control of Zaporizhia, which is a nuclear plant the largest nuclear facility in the all of Europe. The plan is located along the front lines of the fighting in southeastern Ukraine. That must be a huge facility. Okay, let's see here. Uh, where's my right button? Here it is. So we're going to the phones now. Good morning. Morning, sir. How are you? Hey, we're doing well. Good. You were hey, on the I morning devotions this morning. I liked it. Thank you, sir. Uh, you got to tell them to pay me more for those, though. Come on. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk about something in, in particular, but I want to ask you a quick question first. Um, do you believe what you just read? I don't know what to believe. Mm. I really don't. That's a good answer. I, I was going to ask you, like, but you these, know, how these, do you, what do you, you know, what do you believe? I mean, when you read something, you know, or see something, do you actually take it as face value? <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm inclined to think that the sources that we use. Who is we? The station. Okay. And, and for that matter, um, the local media, let's put it that way. Right. Um certainly have more exposure and knowledge and contacts in these matters than we do ourselves. I see. So we're somewhat reliant on the accuracy of what these national resources have. Mm -hmm. And when I say national resources, okay, when I when I got started in this business, you had Associated Press and you had United Press. Yeah. United Press doesn't exist anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> really? Absolutely. Why? Why now? Why? Now that, that's interesting. Well, anyway, the point is, you had two major news sources. Which is a which is a joke. Okay. I'm giving in. What are we up to here? Um, so uh, your sources. Have you, do you uh, do you know who Tony Bobolinsky is? No. Hmm. Maybe I should, but at least yeah, see, that's why by, I, by I, name should, I don't know. You should question your sources. Um, the fact that you don't know that name is quite troubling to me. Just 
Help me out a little bit here. Well, that's not what I call for, but he he allegedly was uh, Hunter Biden's partner who spoke with the FBI before the election in 2020 and had all kinds of information that he made available to them that they were supposed to, quote, unquote, get back to him about. And he's still waiting. Okay. A lot of damaging information about Hunter. But, of course, you would know that because of your sources. But I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying in general. But what I really called about was to talk about the FBI a little bit. What do you think about the FBI, Dave? And Scott, too, for, for, for that matter. I think they've been exposed with a lot of corruption here in the last, I don't know what, five, ten years? Mm. Anyway, I mean, mm-hmm. um, you, you, see, you see them now being used by the current administration mm-hmm. as a weapon, as a political weapon, which the FBI is not formed or exist right. in existence to do that. That's right. not their job to get into politics. Yeah, supposedly, right. They're supposed to be in law mm. enforcement. Well, yeah. I know some people are going to say, well, that's part of law enforcement. Yeah, right. When things go like that, okay, that's fine. But right. it, it, for me, it's a, I'm a little bit uh, skeptical about the integrity. Mm. You know, not everybody's like that in the FBI. We know right. that. But when you, when you have the obvious exposing of emails – and text messages like Peter Strzok and his, the married Peter Strzok right. and his girlfriend in the FBI. Right, right, right. Going on like that because they hated the president. Right. Um, you know, they were going to do whatever they could. And, you know, there's more agents now that are being exposed from that. <clears throat> I'm not sure what to think. You know, mm. like Dave said, I'm not sure what to think about, mm. about that now. I... I what do you an, think, Dave, about the FBI? I, I, well, my involvement in my days of what I did mm-hmm. was a short time, three years, but I was more involved with the CIA. Right. Um, I had a nephew who was the head of training of all CIA agents. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. He's now retired. Hmm. Nice. But um, I did have respect for each. Right. I I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. Let me just give you my little historical. The FBI has always had it. Now, just a minute. I'm going to interrupt you. Yes, please. And you won't like this. That's fine. I would far rather talk about the yo- the show you and Sherelle, Sherelle put on last <laughs> Friday night. Right. Um, but let's go ahead with what you had in mind. I got you. But the history of the FBI has always been very, um, shall we say, contradictory. Uh, if anybody has not seen that movie about uh, J. Edgar Hoover, who, God, I guess now he had all his issues from cross-dressing to everything else. Jesus Christ. 
you should watch that movie with, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, he's pretty popular. He was on that movie with the ship, you know, the, uh, uh, I, can't, I can never remember that guy's name, but it's a pretty recent movie. And it really shows, first of all, he had that job for like 50 years, which was ridiculous. But he only kept that job because he had so much dirt on so many people. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio is who you're trying to think of, I think. That's right, that's right. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, But people don't know that in terms of just race and Martin Luther King Jr., the stuff he did, against that guy and still people believe that he was instrumental in meaning the FBI in his death. Now, that's the same agency that did a lot of work to uncover the the murderers of those three civil rights leaders in in, in, uh, Mississippi. So you got on one hand an organization that does some good things, but on the other hand I mean, they, they, you talk about uh, questionable. I mean, now we know that Malcolm X's bodyguard on the day he was killed was an FBI informant. I mean, that's just that, a small example of their duplicity in a lot of things. Uh, J.W., yes, the um, audio on your phone has changed a little bit. Is that better? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, he, yeah, was, it was uh, well reported too that he did not like the Kennedys either. Oh, hated them, hated Robert, hated Robert. Oh yeah, and Robert wanted to get rid of him so bad. Oh yes, but Johnson, he 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 had so much dirt on Johnson. I mean, he was just a moment away from being kicked out by Robert Kennedy. Uh, and quite honestly, while I'm at it, John F. Kennedy was not a very nice man. But that's just another. <laughs> that's just another shot I got to tell you. I was a big John F. Kennedy fan, but the more I find out about him personally, wow. Yeah, same that was here. not a good man. Same here. A few skeletons in the old closet. As it's not say. just skeletons. That was uh, not a yeah. good man. Yeah. You talk about a racist. That was a racist. Jesus. Anyway, I, 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 I got to tell you a, a tiny piece of trivia. I don't think I've said this on the air. Um, years ago, my sister dated a fellow by the name of Paul Landis. They both went to Worthington, uh-huh. Worthington uh-huh. High School. Yes. Um, later, he was the the head. Okay, which where are we? See, FBI. He was the head agent in charge of the Kennedy family. Wow. And he's the guy that, when the assassination took place down yes. in Texas. Crawled up on the back bumper. Oh, my. Okay. I was at a meeting. This this is 20 years ago. Right. Uh, in Worthington where some couples had gathered, and I went and accompanied my sister. And he opened up talking about it. And, um, and his wife was sitting next to him on a small sofa, and she was turning and looking at him and it was so obvious mm. that the things he was saying, mm. she had not heard before. Right, right, right. Mm. Well, anyway, I just wanted to yeah. throw that little no, that's, that's awesome. In. That's awesome. But I, I'll get off here. Uh, maybe I'll call back another time. we got some t- more time. But my bigger point is it is really sad 
what the agency has become now, and there needs to be some major cleaning done there, uh, because. And you're speaking of the CIA or the, the FBI. FBI? Okay. I mean, when when President Trump was elected, uh, it allegedly, and it seems to be by text messages, you have FBI agents saying, "We'll take care of this." That is not just ominous. That is. That is unbelievable. As Scott said, you stay out of that stuff. You're not <laughs> you, you, just because you hate somebody, or don't you? And so it makes you believe that um, all that's going on now <laughs> is really predicated on different political beliefs, and that is so wrong. The word is weaponized. I think it's an appropriate word. Okay. And uh, so I just want to get it out of my system while I was thinking about it. Well, I hope you feel better. I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, guys. Okay, thank you. Hey, J.W., before you go, you still there? Yes, sir. I had a few people ask me, would that not be considered a threat to the President of the United States? Absolutely. No matter who the president is. Absolutely. Coming from the FBI, we'll take care of it. Yeah. Let's what say does that they mean? let's say there were agents in there that did that Absolutely. to President Obama. Absolutely. Or president Clinton. Are you kidding me? Or President Reagan. We'll take Gee, care of it. Yeah, what does that, are you talking about a, a a veiled threat? Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I don't care who the president is. You say things like that. Yeah. From that agency? Yeah. Come on. Yep. Wow. All right, now I can go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. You bet. Bye-bye. See ya, brother. All right. Good morning again, <clears throat> folks. Um, let's see. The next story I want to go to, oil supply, right? We've all been – were we complaining about the oil supply before COVID? Not that I remember. Not that I remember either. We were enjoying gas prices that were – Two dollars a gallon. In any case, um, OPEC. Um, that's an alliance of petroleum exporting, exporting countries, countries yeah. and its allies. OPEC has agreed to slash oil output by two million barrels per day starting next month. The cut, equal to 2% of the world's daily oil supply, and the largest since April 2020, is meant to increase oil prices that have fallen due to the recession fears. Now, the global cost of a barrel of oil has hovered around $90. Now, last June... Four, four months ago, it was $120. OPEC controls more than, more than 40% of the world's oil production and previously has targeted a supply of 43.8 million barrels per day. 
the U.S., which is not a member of OPEC and has control over its own supply, opposed production costs, I'm sorry, production cuts. Let me start that sentence over. The U.S., which is not a member of OPEC and has control over its own supply, opposed production cuts to help secure lower energy prices for our consumers. The U.S. said it would release 10 million barrels of oil from its strategic petroleum reserve in November. Well, this OPEC group, again, the U.S. is not a member of it. And its allies will meet again now in December to figure out what they'll do next. Which puts the United States at their mercy again for oil production. And don't be surprised if gas prices go even higher than they are right now. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, so you remember that Alec Baldwin was in a movie being filmed on a set, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And fired a gun that ended up being loaded and killed someone, right? Yes. So um, we have word on the settlement today. The family of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer killed on the set of the film Rust, reached a settlement with the movie's production company and cast, including actor Alec Baldwin. Details of the agreement were not disclosed and are subject to court approval. But October October 21st, 21, uh, Hutchins was shot when a prop gun that Baldwin was using to rehearse discharged, killing her and injuring director Joel Souza. In February, Hutchins' family alleged um, alleged reckless conduct against the film company, claiming, claiming cost-cutting posed risks to the workers. Well, anyway... Um, So despite this civil settlement, Baldwin may also face criminal prosecution as authorities last month announced they procured funds to do so. Um, production is set to resume in January with Hutchins' widower, Matthew, as executive producer alongside the original cast and crew. Uh, what a mess. Okay, Um, I was somewhere last night, oh yeah, I know what it was, a friend of mine left for Italy on a trip um, in the last uh, 36 hours, they're probably there now, and uh, 
The New York Times has a headline saying, We look at Italy, the largest country in Western Europe, to elect a far-right government in decades. And... um, Italy is the world's eighth largest economy. And it elected a far-right government last week with Giorgia Maloney. Maybe it's Melanie as the likely next prime minister. They go on to say it's part of a trend. Her victory came shortly after Swedish elections that led to a far-right party becoming the second largest in Parliament there. So, um, you're welcome to go to this story. In, it's in the New York Times, the morning, um, on the, the website. But, um, you know, we're pretty much out of time right now. So, once again, the weather today, 74 the high. Tomorrow the high, 63. Game day, homecoming day, 59 the high. And um, the only mention of rain uh, during the next few days is a, a little bit of rain tomorrow, but not on homecoming itself. Have a marvelous day out there, won't you? And uh, please, please, be careful and safe, right? Okay, Scott, you too. Thank you. Likewise. All right. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H FM's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Wendy Gillette in New York. There was chaos and panic at a daycare center in Thailand when a former police officer allegedly opened fire. Survivors were rushed to the hospital. CBS News correspondent Roxana Saberi. Authorities say by the time the attacker fled, he had killed 22 children as young as two years old and two adults.